Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Follow the Pharynx. This is old stuff, and I am still a little snivelly. I've been through an entire roll of toilet paper and blowing my nose in the last time I've been on this podcast, but I'm feeling much better. So here we go. <laughs> All right, starting off this week with some bits and bobs. The word of the week is garden, and this is simply what Brits call their backyard. A patch of grass, that's my garden. That block of cement, garden. It gives me a kick. Yard, lawn, and patio are not really terms here, but to be fair, the gardening and landscaping of most British yards here is like nothing I've ever seen, so I'll allow it. Recipe of the week, shakshuka, which I posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago and people really loved it, so I thought I would just post it here as well. Um, my current read, I actually just finished this, The Valley of Fear by Arthur Conan Doyle, another Sherlock Holmes book. Quite nice, loved it. Latest hike. So I was actually, obviously, as I said, sick all this week, so I didn't hike. But last weekend, Micah went to help a colleague build a fence in a medieval style. Medieval or Bronze Age? Neolithic. Oh, gosh. Okay. He built a fence, helped his colleague build a fence in a Neolithic style. What era, era is that? Like 6,000 years ago? 6,000 years ago style. This was part of her dissertation project, so it's part of an experimental archaeology thing. There was a bunch of people there that helped build this fence. He didn't hike either. As a result, he was working on that all day on Sunday last week. Uh, there's some pictures below if you want to see what it looked like and the, the project itself. <coughs> um, wildlife spotted. So there's a groundhog or a gopher or something digging up holes all over our garden. And I'm hoping to spot him soon. If I do, I will post pictures here. Not sure. Not sure we'll be that lucky, though. All right. So this week's episode is titled 11 Things That Shaped Me in 2023. I could not quite little whittle it down to 10, so you're getting 11. Enjoy that. Um, all right. So I've been listening to the podcast The Next Right Thing with Emily P. Freeman. If you haven't listened, you should stop reading this or listening to my thing now and go and listen to hers instead because it's much better. She's become this virtual mentor figure to me and someone that I aspire to be like as a fellow writer and mentor spiritual person. Micah says her voice has the most soothing sound, and I 100% agree. Do you remember her? Mm. We haven't listened to one of her episodes together in a long time. Is it Hillary McBride? No, it's Emily P. Freeman. She's like, I'm Emily P. Freeman, and you're listening to The Next Right Thing. <laughs> Anyways, y'all should go listen. Uh, turning on her podcast does something to settle my anxious heart. To bring in the new year, Emily did a segment on what worked in 2023, which I've linked in my blog. I thought this was a great way of reflecting back, but I'm calling my reflection what shaped me instead, because that felt more me. So... Number one, what shaped me in 2023? Pickleball, my friends. Sawyer introduced Micah to pickleball, who introduced it to me. 
and my parents bought us a cheap set to play when they came to visit in April, and we had a hoot of a time with them, all of us terrible except Micah, who'd had some practice. Once we had our own paddles, we were playing twice a week, sometimes more, commandeering tennis courts all over Minneapolis and gathering with, with friends every Tuesday to play until dusk. It's so fun and so entry-level, and I cannot recommend it enough. A set of paddles is $20 at Target, and virtually every Minneapolis court has pickleball lines painted now. So, go grab yourself some paddles and play. I have seen parents with their babies sleeping in strollers courtside, so young parents have no excuse. You've got to try this. Am I right? You'll have a pickle ball. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Uh, when we moved to England, we found no one here plays except one group in Exeter that we have been joining. We're the youngest ones on the court by 40 years at least, and we got beat every single time. Well, I got beat every single time. Micah won a couple times. <laughs> we also, after renting this cottage, found out that the neighbors have an old moss-covered tennis court down in the nearby cow pasture. They gave us permission to chalk lines, and we have kept the obsession going across the pond. We have to stop and start a lot for balls that fall flat after hitting a patch of moss. But hey, beggars can't be choosers. Number two, being a therapist. I got to be a therapist for nine months, September 2022 to May 2023, because NCU chose to take a risk and welcome me to their university team. Being a therapist had been my dream since freshman year of college. I remember 2012 baby me with big dreams of sitting armchair to armchair with a hurting human and letting words and space and calming presence be their healing guide. I got to do this at NCU. It was challenging and not always as poetic as that beautiful little sentence makes it sound, but I really was living the dream. I came home every day tired but saying, I love my job. While I won't say being a therapist is what I meant to do, I will say being a mentor and spiritual guide is in whatever capacity that means. I've always felt most in my element, leading a small group in deep discussion, having a long coffee date with someone seeking guidance, or planning events tailored for such things. This year at NCU solidified a confidence in me that this is something I'm good at and something that's worthy of pursuing. Unfortunately, being a therapist is also something that was stripped from me in 2023. In November, I was officially denied from the therapist licensure in England as they do not accept social worker degrees as the qualification, as a qualification. This means that while we live in the UK, unless I return to get a full second master's in counseling, I'm unable to be a therapist here. At first, I was devastated by this news, but now I've just embraced the stripping away that God is doing in my life. It's for a reason, I'm certain of it. I still might be able to be a social worker here and I'm waiting to hear back on my license transfer regarding this route, but I'm not really holding my breath. I started looking at my other skill sets, mainly writing and event, plan event planning as possible alternative career options. And this has actually been really exciting to think about. Through it all, I'm holding on to a confidence in myself that was molded in my time at NCU. I'm a good mentor. I'm a good spiritual guide. I will find a way to incorporate that into my life again someday, but right now, I'm content with what is and hold dear to the memory of how NCU shaped me. Numero Trace, Bema. Any of my friends in Minneapolis can say they are sick of me recommending Bema to them, but here I go again, Bema people. Emily Davis, writer, wilderness guide, etc., dear friend, linked in my blog, 
to her own Substack. Okay, I think she visited in 2023, but maybe it was earlier than that. I don't really know. She popped by for a night in Minneapolis on her way to a wedding and left me a great gift, the recommendation to this podcast. I haven't found a person yet who hasn't loved this podcast from the moment they listened to it and told me they wish they'd heeded my recommendation sooner. If you do listen, start with episode zero and work your way to present. It goes in an order so you'll be lost any other way. This podcast is on every morning during the 30-minute car ride Micah and I share to Exeter. It has shaped how we read the Bible, how we think of God, and has healed some things within each of us that have marred our spiritual walk. It's led to a million good conversations and tears from both of us. It's caused us to wrestle more with the God, uh, more with God than we have in a long time, and to feel welcome to say, but what if, a lot more in our faith. Go check it out. Am I right, Micah? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, number four, Sabbath. It was through Bema that Sabbath became essential in Micah and I's weekly routine this year. Basically, Sabbath is having one full day of rest slash play every week. Rabbi Marty Solomon of Bema describes Sabbath as an act of truth-telling. Sabbath tells us the truth, that our value is not in what we bring to the table, rather what God brings. To paraphrase Marty's words, God brings his love to us. He loves us, pure and simple. Before we acted, God loved and called us inherently full of dignity and worth. God invites us to the communion table, and we come empty-handed. This is the gospel, and any other version of it is a lie. Sabbath reminds us of what is true. When we start practicing this, it doesn't. It didn't feel like a discipline. It felt like a release, a freedom to say no that I've never allowed myself before, and yes to things I usually felt guilty about allotting time towards, always thinking I should be serving, working, cleaning, etc., I took some time to ponder these questions below, and the answers helped me and Micah shape our Fairmix Sabbath. First question is, what thing, activity, person, place, whatever, etc., what is restful and playful for you and your family? Number two, what reminds you that God loves you? This is the best day of the week for me, every week. I long for it every week. As a perfectionist and people pleaser, being experientially reminded every week that my value is not in production has shaped me hugely this year. Number five, saying no. I noticed that 2023 found me leaning into my nose. Foundry book readers will be saluting me, and first let me say that learning to say no has been a crucial lesson in my life, but now I've swung, saying no willy-nilly. No has become my knee-jerk response without even considering the question. Want to watch this movie? No. Want to go on this hike? No. Want to help me with this thing? No, no, no. Things that I would have fully enjoyed, I said no to. Why? Simply because it wasn't my idea or it wasn't my ideal. That feels really snotty to say out loud, but it's honestly the truth. The root of this, I think, is that I like being in control. It makes me feel so safe. So, when someone gives an idea, even a good one, one that is even to my benefit, I close my mind to it. I can't control it, so no. This tendency has shaped me in 2023 for the worse, and I'm here to root it out in 2024. I'm saying no if, oh, sorry, I'm really struggling with reading my own words today, guys. I've just fumbled a lot of times, so just bear with me. Going back a sentence. <clears throat> 
This tendency has shaped me in 2023 for the worse, and I am here to root it out in 2024. If I am saying no because it is beyond my capacity or just because it's objectively a bad idea, that response makes sense. But if I am saying no because I'm afraid of not being in control, I'm now cautious of that. 2024 is my yes man era. Cue Jim Carrey clinging to Zoe Deschanel as they speed around the city via cool moped. Yes, if you go to my blog, you will see a little cute meme that I created with that photo. I'm going to show Micah right now. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be your face over Jim Carrey's head. No, that would have been cute, though. I should have done that. (laughs) All right. Number six, Madeline moves. Guys, mates, everyone. Madeline moves his life. Am I right, Micah? Oh, yeah. That's what's up. I started using this workout program when I was recovering from my ankle injury back in 2021 and couldn't do much hit at the time. Shout out to Shelby for the tip. I've never looked back. For someone who was always nervous about trying lifting because I didn't want to look stupid with all the big equipment and buff humans watching, Madeline made it easy. While her main program is weekly moves, which is what I do, she also has more heavy lifting focus, a runner's program, a pregnancy program, and more. This app has kicked my butt, made me feel stronger than I ever have, and felt manageable with a busy life. It has just enough cardio and hip mixed in with the strength training and changes every week, so I'm never bored. It's also something Micah loves, and we do it together. It makes gym really fun. The way she moves is so <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right. Number seven, praying before meals. Every meal, no matter what, either Micah or I prays before consuming. The meal itself is almost never blessed. It's more about a routine time to connect with God in the midst of our busy days. There's something meaningful about having an empty, grumbling stomach, longing for the meal in front of you, and saying, No, God first. Letting a meal get lukewarm sometimes for the sake of throwing our cares together towards the heavens, laying down our burdens of the day to the God we trust before picking up our forks. It's also meaningful that Mike and I always do this together. We take turns praying. Sometimes it's simple and short. On hard days when burdens are many, it's long with tears, hugs, and by the time we pick up our forks, we need to first reheat the food. This practice has shaped us. Number eight, TV dinners. Controversial, but this has shaped Mike and I's marriage for the better. We eat our dinner in front of Netflix almost every night. We know this is a habit that won't last when kids come someday, but right now it's so fun. I look forward to cuddling with my husband every night to an episode of The Office or Superstore or Schitt's Creek, not needing to say anything, both exhausted from a full day. By the time we get home from work and school and the gym, Maybe stopping for an errand on the way, it's usually past 6.30. By the time we've showered and made dinner, it's usually 8.30. It's nice to just relax next to each other and be less formal in those brief moments before bed. This is one of my favorite things about our marriage. It's simple, and many would say non-intentional, but for us, it's good. All right, number nine, taking five-year-old me on a date. I went back to therapy in May of 2023. 
Lisa Medden so kindly stepped up for the challenge of seeing me in the scurry of a short six sessions before I left for England. Her practice is heavily influenced by the internal family systems model, and this is why I saw her. I had been trying and failing to practice this model on myself. Fellow therapists, is this something we all do? Try to therapize ourselves. It never works. And anyways, I thought it was high, high time I find someone who actually knew the model and could help me apply it. It's difficult to explain the model succinctly, so I'd say if you're interested, check out this intro video that's linked in my blog. In using this model, Lisa gave me homework one day. Take five-year-old you on a date. Guys, this was so fun. As someone who is always second-guessing my decisions and needing to be, quote, the best, it was a treat to take happy-go-lucky, goofy little me out for a few hours. I went to Barnes & Noble, where my parents always took my brother and I growing up. We would spend hours here in the summer, get a drink from the in-store Starbucks, wander around the kids' section, marvel at the colorful cardboard pop-ups, lay stomach down on the carpet floor, and leaf through entire novels before choosing another to take home. While I was here, I got the famous pink drink. Present-day me would never, and spent no rush time wandering through the store, sitting in the kids' section reading a book about dog breeds for a solid hour of this time. Five-year-old me loved it all. After this date, I ordered a pink drink every week until we moved. It was so therapeutic, I can't tell you why. You all should go and try it. Both the pink drink and the five-year-old date. Micah, what would you do if you were going to take five-year-old you on a date? Um, I'd probably go dig in the dirt looking for fossils. Oh, so really this whole year has been a date with five-year-old you, huh? Well, <laughs> not fossils anymore, but similar, mm. yes. Mm. Yes, this entire pursuit has been being docked with five-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, number 10. Actually, fun fact about Micah, he owns a chunk of a Triceratops fossil. Yes. What the, chunk? The So if you picture a Triceratops skull, they have... Oh, what are you doing? Moving closer because <laughs> it's hard to hear you. Um, they have uh, two horns and then like a big frill in the back. And the chunk, I was told, is part of that frill that's kind of on the back of their head. And I was given this uh, when I was a kid because there was a dinosaur uh, like fossil store in San Antonio where I lived that I would bring my allowance to like every single week to go get a toy dinosaur. <laughs> and so after a while, the guy remembered me and he brought me into like the back room one day and showed me like all the fossils that they didn't have out on display and then he gave me this piece of a dinosaur bone. And I have kept it with me ever since. And it's here in England with us. Yes. Mike has always been very much a person of habit. When he finds something he really likes, he's just all in. I didn't know that you went every week to get a dinosaur toy. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's <laughs> like the only thing I ever spent my allowance on as a kid. Was like just dinosaur toys? Just plastic toy dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, as an adult, Micah went... Uh, to punch pizza every week to use his allowance as an adult to buy himself <laughs> a piece of pizza, a pizza, a whole pizza, not just a piece, yeah. every week for probably how many years? Mm, at least three years. Three years. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, okay, number 10. 
hang in there with us, guys. We're almost done. Number 10, loving to the end. One of my dear friends and kindred spirit, fellow Enneagram One, Pastor Anna O'Connor, gave me a great exhortation back in March of 2023. She told me, Steph, I want to see you love until the end. In John 13, 1, just before Jesus' last meal with his best friends, it says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Anna used this to encourage me to do the same. Be present and faithful to the ones I loved in Minneapolis right up until my departure to England. This word shaped my year, and when I told Anna that, she laughed and said she couldn't remember telling me to do this. <laughs> She's that wise, y'all, just dropping good words with such frequency she can't even recall them all. <laughs> the word is, this word is what made it feel nearly impossible to leave Minneapolis and what brought about so much intentionality. We had drinks, dinners, parties, even hosted a bachelorette party up until the very end. I think both Micah and I would have checked out from our friendships if it hadn't been for Anna. As a dreamer and planner, it's already difficult for me to be in the present. And let's be honest, it would have been easier to sever things, to slowly fade out so it hurt less. But that wouldn't have been right. Loving deeply, even when it costs, is a beautiful thing. Anna's words came to me at exactly the right time and shaped my entire spring and summer. Number 11, leaving. Staying has always felt like the better thing to do. But for us, after living in Minneapolis for 10 years and letting that glorious city shape us, leaving was better. Don't get me wrong, we still question leaving once in a while. Quote, remember how nice it was to play pickleball every week? Man, I miss Marna's. I wonder how so-and-so are doing. We miss Minneapolis so much. I wish I could go to Ammon and Anna's new house. Actually, Micah just said that last night. Ah, it looks so nice. Yeah, the terrace. Anyways, we miss Minneapolis so much. It's one thing to leave when it's easy, when you have no friends or everything is going up in flames, or you're angry or bored or whatever the easy exit cue. Leaving for us was so hard. We had a full life here and deep roots, but we'd been planning to move to Europe for years. Weren't we ready? I guess the answer to that is kind of. Leaving has been such a change that we saw coming, but didn't see coming at all. Everything was reset. Friends, home, possessions, career, lifestyle. I knew in theory what this meant, but not at all in practice. In this reset, I have grown more in the last four months than I have in the last four years combined. So has Micah. I've seen us stretch and pulled like taffy, and I'm really, really proud of us. I'm still in the middle of the growing and learning, so don't have very articulate words on precisely how leaving has shaped us yet, but I can say for certain we are different in a good way. We will always hold Minnesota so dearly in our hearts, and who knows, maybe we'll be back someday, uh, you never know. But for those who feel a tug to leave, I'd say go for it, and get ready to be more dramatically shaped than ever before. Um, in closing, I encourage you all to write your own list of what shaped you in 2023, both for good or bad. I spent around two hours just listing out what shaped me without judgment. Then I paused to process what I'd like to continue this year based on what has shaped me for the better and what I'd like to change this year based on some of the more negative shapes I saw forming. 
As I leave 2023 behind, this practice was a great opportunity for me to play an active role in the shaping of my life ahead. I think you'll find it helpful too. Happy reflecting. Kiss, kiss. Hug, hug. Steph. Also, I posted a bunch of pictures at the end of this blog post of 2023 honorable mentions that didn't make it in the list, but things that were fun this year. Actually, I'll just read them off to you very quickly, and if you're interested in the photos, you can go and take a look. So, 2023 honorable mentions. Uh, watching Susie try to drive Micah's moped, Micah freaking out. Me finally taking a ride on the moped before we sold it. I felt very cool. Me chopping 10 inches off my hair. Watching my dad drink straight whiskey. The epic bat battle. Bat battle. The epic bat battle <laughs> of 2023. This photo of my grandparents, Bob and June. My parents' insatiable love of ISU basketball. This photo I found of my parents. The Stahl family camping trip, 2023, plus doggos. Becoming a bird watcher and buying my first bird book. This happy boy, which is Bo, the dog. Rehoming Oliver. Saying goodbye to Ezra and then saying goodbye to Hannah. Being a youth group leader. Learning to weave, also learning to crochet. Painting something that wasn't terrible with old Sue's. Hobby Lobby's colorful candles. The options are endless. Everyone go by. Patrick and I finally fulfilling our destiny, riding a day of ragbri with my dad. 46 miles, heat index over 100, three flat tires. Amazing day. The most Minnesota thing I saw this year. I'm just going to leave it at that, and you'll have to go and look at the photo to see what it was. This gym dog that was definitely a safety hazard and definitely my main motivation for going to the gym in 2023. Visiting family in California and watching Micah make our nephew Talon laugh. The Feast of, of Remembrance, if you were there, you know. Morse Cabin Trip, Micah's July 4th outfit being 10 out of 10. Perlick Distillery whipped cream shots. That's all I have to say. And last but not least, Micah remembering our You Are Special Today plate stall family tradition and making me an amazing breakfast on my birthday. All right, y'all, this concludes another episode of Follow the Pharynx. You have been so faithful to get through this long one. And goodbye.